Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. From the center of the galaxy, this is Force Center. I'm Ken Napsok here for another edition of Spotlight Star Wars. Here we are. We are so close. You can feel it. We are uh, less than two weeks away from Force Awakens. For some people, it is uh, merely a matter of, of, I believe, nine days before they'll get to go to the world premiere Star Wars uh, down in Hollywood. I am not one of those people, unfortunately. Was not invited, uh, but uh, I have some friends who are going, and I'm very happy for them to get to experience that joy. But don't cry for me, Alderaan. I will be seeing Force Awakens four times within the first two days of its uh, uh, regular release here in America. I now have tickets. Uh, you might remember earlier I had a, a problem getting some tickets. I wasn't sure if I was going to see it on Friday. Now, at this point, it looks as though I'm going to see it twice on Thursday, uh, once on Friday night, and uh, definitely once on Saturday. Four times. I have my tickets in hand, printed out, hanging on my wall. Um, This better be good. (laughs) This better be good, right? And that's, I think, where we all are when you're talking about Star Wars with the Star Wars fans I know. The excitement. It has, uh, I actually don't think, reached a fever pitch. I think the excitement for Star Wars, the fever pitch of it, was back after the uh, the first official trailer. 
Uh, that's when everyone was uh, so geeked up. Again, not that we haven't been geeked up for years now, but I think that was the, oh my gosh, we're so close. There's more footage. Here we go. And then I think the uh, Japanese trailer hit, the TV trailers hit, uh, more and more marketing. You're turning the corners and you got Cheez-Its and Kleenex that are Star Wars. I got packs of gum with R2-D2 on it. I did buy them, but I kind of groaned at myself when I did. It is coming fast and furious, all the Star Wars marketing. Now we're getting into the general, normal marketing phase of many movies. Uh, press junkets and uh, appearances on talk shows and all those kind of things. Um, things that you are certainly not surprising, but now it's starting to seem. The worm has turned. It seems as though it is almost too much going into The Force Awakens, and I have gone the way of many before me and have now gone dark social media dark when it comes to Star Wars. Uh, just yesterday, when I reco I'm recording this on a wonderful, relaxing Saturday afternoon, drinking some fruit juice from my Lando Calrissian Collector Cup from 1980 from Burger King. Um, uh, yesterday was the big hubbub with apparently Harrison Ford uh, uh, spoiling uh, key parts or, the, or stuff of The Force Awakens. Uh, I only know that it happened. Luckily, Mark Riley, Cody Hall, Cobster, and JTE all warned me uh, via text. And I was in a meeting, and I, I fortunately, was, I, I just wasn't on social media. Uh, at the time, I was stuck in a meeting. And unlike other people, I tried to pay attention in meetings and not look at my phone. And I got these texts. And when I got out of the meeting, 28 text messages warning me. Do not go to the internet. Stay away from Twitter. Stay away from Facebook. Stay away from anything related to modern technology because Harrison Ford on the official Star Wars Twitter feed Q&A spoiled Force Awakens for a lot of people. Um, some people are saying, eh, it's not that big. Some people are saying, eh, it's not a surprise. Some people, oh, we already knew it. All I can tell you, all I can tell you, is that I know a lot of people really upset, and I'm glad that uh, about three weeks prior, I have gone completely dark on Star Wars. I haven't seen a photo shoot, a TV spot, any more trailers, a J.J. Abrams interview. The only thing I've seen is the awesome interview of Carrie Fisher on, was it, Good Morning America, with her dog, Gary. That four-minute, uh, four-and-a-half, five-minute interview may be one of the funniest things I've seen on TV in a while. Uh, Carrie Fisher is awesome. If you haven't had a chance to see that interview, it certainly doesn't spoil anything. She barely wants to talk about the movie, though she knows she has to. Uh, and she uh, just, they, she, she's always been funny. If some of you out there are just now learning that our beloved Princess Leia is, uh, yes, uh, is, is funny, uh, you've been missing out. She is great. Um, she's been uh, a quotable, funny quote machine uh, for a long time. And she, in the Twitter age, um, man, she should be a megastar. And the interview is awesome. Um, but that's the only thing I've seen that is of a Star Wars promotional nature. Cut myself out. I have not seen uh, more than two seconds of any of those TV spots. I saw them because some of you, God bless you all, but some of you sent me pictures stills, screenshots, links to the TV, trailers. I get it. 
You probably thought I watched them because I had said previously I only watch things that are official from Lucasfilm. I don't watch leaks and concept art and, and I don't speculate. I don't form councils and go on YouTube shows and beat you over the head with my predictions of what may or may not happen in movies. Um, I uh, So I'm not surprised that some of you said, hey, look at this. What do you think about this shot from the TV uh, TV spot? So all is forgiven, my friends. But please... Now until Force Awakens, I don't want to see it. Don't tweet it to me. Don't email it to me. Don't Facebook message me. Don't try to track me down on PS4 or on playing Battlefront to give me uh, spoiler news. Um, we're almost there. We're going to hunker down. We're going to get there, and we're all, uh, we're all be- building towards that moment. I tell you what I can't wait for. And I am, I'm a person who does not go to movies uh, in large groups. Uh, I am a Monday afternoon matinee guy. I uh, because of my job, I can't do that now. So now I'm a Sunday evening, like 10 p.m. I'm the dude in the back of the movie theater, uh, all by him by his lonesome, uh, watching a movie. Um, but for this, I I I am that person. But for this, The Force Awakens, you damn well better believe I'm going to be amongst friends and amongst the people because I'll tell you what I've said it before. I'll say it again here. Say what you will about the Phantom Menace. Say what you will. And there's a lot to say. But that moment, that moment, right before the 20th Century Fox fanfare hit, the Lucasfilm logo comes up. And then right there's that second. We all know it. We all know it. The Fox fanfare, then there's a beat. In every Star Wars movie, there's a silent beat between the fanfare and and it comes out. The Star Wars logo comes rolling out. And the pre-roll, the, the, the narrative, the Flash Gordon pre-roll text scroll comes flowing out at you. And that moment amongst my friends and a crowd of strangers... At uh, Pacific Theaters in Winnetka, California, in May of 1999, that moment uh, will live for infinite, uh, for in- infinity, infinite, infinity to infinity and beyond. It will live forever. How about that? In my mind, uh, uh, being amongst friends and strangers and celebrating something. And yeah, yeah, it didn't turn out the way we thought. But you know what? I did it again in Attack of the Clones. I did it again for Revenge of the Sith, and I'm doing it now for The Force Awakens. Uh, I don't think I'm going to get any uh, press screenings. Like I said, I'm not going to the world premiere. I'm going to see it with all of you. I would have. not going to lie. If someone walked in right now, knocked on my apartment door in Studio City and said, Hi, my name's George, Mr. Lucas. To you, uh, I've got a copy of this movie. Would you like to sit down and watch it? Yeah, we're watching it. I don't know if I can wait anymore. But since I have to, I am building up that anticipation and trying to get over uh, my promotional malaise. I admit, I try to come on and celebrate Star Wars. I try to have that conversation with you, the fans. But there's just too much of it out there. There's too much. There's too much of it out there. It seems weird to say because just weeks ago, I was proclaiming my catchphrase, what a great time to be a Star Wars fan. But um, I got to tell you, I I turned the corner in Target and there's some Star Wars mac and cheese. I'm telling you, it's a little much for me now. There's too many books. There's too many comics. 
and I fear there might be too many movies, one every year for the rest of my life. Am I going to see them all? Yes. Am I going to buy all the books? Am I going to buy all the comics? No. It's already starting to fade. I'm reading Lost Stars right now. Uh, I started it, and about four chapters in, I put the book down. Not because the book uh, itself. The quality of the book was great. The first four chapters were good. Yep, Tarkin makes an appearance as promised. It's there. It's all good. And then I um, just put it down because I was done reading about Star Wars. It wasn't intentional. I'm not saying this to prove any point, people. I'm saying I just went to reach for the book one night and went, no, don't want to. I just can't do it anymore. Now, over Thanksgiving weekend, I did pick up Lost Stars, and the very next chapter, the book gets amazing, and it is a great book. Uh, if you haven't already, and how many of you had, pick up a copy of Lost Stars, buy it, don't borrow it, buy it, and read it. It is good. Uh, good, great. I, I always hate when I use the word good, because some people are going to think I think it's bad. Uh, it's, damn, it's a damn good book. Um, my hesitation comes from the only negative is it's a little Forrest Gumpy at times. A lot of things keep happening where you're like, oh, so these two characters were everywhere in the Star Wars story. Um, literally every major story, it seems, in the original trilogy, they had something to do with it. Um, but if you can get past that at first, um, you find yourself reading a spectacular story about the universe and what it was like to be in the Star Wars universe and galaxy if you weren't one of the superstars, if you weren't one of the main characters. Leia, Han, Chewie, Luke, all those kind of characters are mentioned. But they're mentioned in kind of this, uh, they're the celebrities and we're just the scrubs with our own problems, fighting for the Empire, fighting for the Rebellion, fighting for what we believe in, fighting for maybe what we don't believe in. There's a lot of that stuff in Lost Stars that's great. One comic series that came out from Dark Horse right before they had to give up the license uh, to back to Marvel was Rebel Heist. I've talked about it before when Spotlight Star Wars was on the Napsock Files podcast feed. Rebel Heist was a four-part comic book series uh, in which each uh, one of the four uh, episode, uh, issues uh, focused on Han, Leia, Luke, Chewbacca, but it focused on them from someone else who was telling the story of uh, working with these characters and being with these characters after they had uh, helped uh, destroy the first Death Star. It's not canon now, but I still think you should take a moment and read it because it's plausible and that it could still be canon. If they would come out and say, hey, this four-part series is canon, it would make sense. Uh, it's a great, it's similar to what Lost Stars does, which it just uh, puts the spotlight on the people in the shadows in the Star Wars galaxy, but mentions, uh, with reverence in most cases in Rebel Heist, Han, Luke, Leia, Chewbacca. They're celebrities. They're whispered names. Uh, Lost Stars deals with that, too. Uh, I love some of the stuff about Vader and Luke about is the force real or is this guy really going to be a jedi is this guy a wizard it's 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 interesting and i think that kind of stuff does factor into what we're about to watch with force awakens the force has been asleep we all know this now have you felt it it is up it is back and 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 lost stars does a very good job of setting that scene of telling the story of the empire and the rebellion from the eyes of the people outside of the spotlight it's great it is great. 
Hashtag Spotlight Star Wars is where you go if you want to have a conversation with me. Now, I apologize. Uh, Joseph Scrimshaw and I launched uh, Force Center um, a little bit, too, a little bit too soon than we had planned. We hadn't quite had a chance to plan it yet, but we we went with it, decided to go. Uh, and then I have come up on some tech problems, uh, computer problems, pinwheel of death problems for Mac users. Uh, I'm trying to sort through it. I'm very busy at work, and so uh, I'm not getting the time to sort through it as much as I'd like. Uh, but I am definitely. Um, Definitely getting there uh, and fixing some things. So hopefully you have more stuff with Force Center. I, I really would like to do a show every day leading up to Force Awakens. It was something I kind of thought about. Uh, and because I have a studio in my house, I literally literally can roll out of my bed and fire up the microphones and the computers and start talking two feet from my bed. I don't know if that's feng shui, but it's, uh, it's what I have. But that is that setup's not working right now, so I'm actually in a different location. Uh, don't cry for me, Alderaan, again. You don't really cry. Don't cry for me at all. Uh, far more serious problems in the world than uh, not having uh, my preferred method of recording a podcast in my house. Um, but that said, I apologize. Uh, I haven't been a, a, as visible on the Star Wars media discussion uh, landscape. Uh, another reason is I'm still just buried in Battlefront. I love this game. I love Battlefront. I love Battlefront. If, you, if you're hesitant, I know the cost is higher than most games. I know it relies a lot on downloadable content. I get it, I get it, I get it, I get it. But like I said previously on Spotlight Star Wars, it is just about fun. It is about fun and friends and blasting things inside the Star Wars universe. And I'm having a blast. I just reached rank 22 last night. It's pretty good for an old guy like me who's not that great at video games. So let's go to hashtag Spotlight Star Wars and have a conversation with you, my few but mighty fans. Uh, I appreciate all you guys do in supporting Force Center and supporting me, myself, and what I do over the Knapsack Files podcast feed, which is also a bit of on a hiatus with these tech problems as I try to figure some things out. Uh, not a lot out there to talk about because uh, uh, I've been dark for a while, so I imagine you guys will be dark for a while. But looking on, uh, hashtag Spotlight Star Wars, Timothy Ewan Snell uh, says, can, you can always count on the pit boss to be the voice of sanity, uh, missing Spotlight Star Wars. Uh, and what he's referring to is something I do want to talk about. Uh, it is a conversation that happened on uh, Twitter last night while I was playing Battlefront, so I kind of didn't have the time to get into it. Um, it started with a guy named Chris Bose at Cruiser88 tweeted me, Tiffany Smith, and John Rogan. What order would you recommend a friend to watch the first six Star Wars movies for the first time? And uh, this question comes up a lot, uh, not just here on the show, but just in general, too. If uh, people find out you're in the Star Wars media discussion uh, landscape, they'll ask you, hey, I got a friend who's never seen Star Wars. And believe me, they're out there. Um, and I, what do you want to watch? So my suggestion was this. Now, mind you, I was playing Battlefront, Home Alone, on a Friday night, kind of grumpy, uh, and I said, four, five, six, one, two, three, avoid annoying fan edits and weird hipster orders. Um, then Mr. Christian Harleff got involved, uh, much like when he attacked Fox News, he wanted to uh, attack me and um, get, bait me into fight. Uh, <laughs> mind you, he and I were texting the entire time uh, behind the tweet wall here. Um, so, uh, doing this slightly tongue-in-cheek, I hope you all realize. Uh, I, I, I do, though, in all sincerity, don't give a damn about fan edits. Sorry. I know I come on here to celebrate Star Wars. Uh, and I know that, for many people, is how you would celebrate Star Wars. Um, make a fan edit. 
Um, and, and I want to differentiate between a fan edit and a fan film. Troops, for exi- existence, existence, for example. Sorry, guys. It's <laughs> and I ain't editing. I ain't editing this, man. We're going live to tape. If I say a weird word or bad grammar, it's going in today. Um, Troops or uh, George Lucas in Love, all those kind of things. Those are those are fan films made to expand and celebrate uh, Star Wars with each other. They add to the experience. Fan edits. Uh, if you've done a fan edit, some of you out there have emailed me and said, "Hey, I have an edit. Uh, watch it." I haven't watched. I apologize. I just won't. I just don't like fan edits. I have a thought that if if fans knew more than the creators, they'd be the creators. That may be a little harsh, maybe a little mean, but but you gotta understand where I'm coming from. I'm a creator. Uh, I'm in that vein. Um, I don't think George Lucas hit a home run with the prequels. I've come to appreciate them a lot more, as you guys all know. I don't think he hit a home run with uh, other prequels. Um, uh, I, I I understand some of the fan edits, some of the changes they're making. I get it. Because that's what we do. We talk about it. When I'm not on air talking about Star Wars and I'm talking with my friends about Star Wars over dinner, yeah, we do the same thing. Hey, what if the prequels didn't have this? Or what if the... But to go all out on a full fan edit and redo the prequels, and this, it's called this anti-cheese edit is what's been going around. Great. Good for you. And if you watch it and you enjoy it and it helps you as a fan celebrate Star Wars, I'm all for it. Go for it. I myself... Just don't give a damn about fan edits. There's no point to them. And I think it's kind of slightly rude to take someone else's work and say, I can do it better. Because so I think that's a lot, a lot of what that is. Um, can we talk about what we thought George should have, could have, would have done better? Yes. That's part of the fun of being a Star Wars fan. But I think fan edits, never done maliciously. Uh, get me. Get me where I'm coming from on this. But I just... I just don't care. I just don't care that you've decided your vision is bigger and better than George Lucas's. Sorry. It's just not. No matter what you thought about the prequels. It's just not. So that's where that came from, Timothy. And I appreciate your uh, saying I have a voice of sanity. I don't think I'm sane, but I'll take it. Uh, Other questions. Eric Berrios, at Eric Berrios1, he's a frequent tweeter in Spotlight Star Wars, says, Hey, at Catnapsuck, hashtag Spotlight Star Wars, what's the limit on distance for using the Force? Example, when Vader Force chokes guys through the video monitor. Thanks. You know, Eric, I actually was going to look this up. I was going to try to research this. I was gonna, you know who's good at doing this kind of stuff is Maud Garrett. Maud Garrett loved, uh, let's, let's learn about lightsabers, she would tell me. All the time on Jedi Alliance, we wanted we did a we did an episode, um, but um, it wasn't to uh, not to it wasn't to her liking in the sense of I think she would have loved to have just done an hour straight on the education of of lightsabers, like uh, teaching someone uh, about lightsabers, and so she did over at SourceFed Nerd, she did do a segment about lightsabers, uh, lightsabers, and. Uh, uh, I was so proud of her and happy for her when I saw that because that was something that was near and dear. She was so good at researching it. So I wanted to do that for this, Eric. I wanted to look up and get books and say, what is the limitations of force choking? Because I, too, like many people, remember watching at some point, not the first or ten, first ten times I saw Empire Strikes Back there, but there was a point when I watched Empire Strikes Back and he chokes Admiral Ozzel through the video monitor from ship to ship. And I thought, what, like... Is a 
does it go through the video waves there? Is it part of the broadcast, the force work through there? And I understand the concept that if you can control the force and lift an X-wing out of a bog or, you know, cut some fruit for your girlfriend uh, on Naboo, um, you could probably reach across distances if you at least see the person and concentrate on the force choke. Uh, you could probably get some stuff done. So I think, Eric, uh, that maybe that's what Vader's doing. He's seen Ozzel, and he's being able to look at his target and can just concentrate. And he's so powerful on the dark side that he can just reach out with his high midichlorian count and, uh, and force choke the dude. Uh, I know some of you out there probably have the actual non-canon and actual canon versions of this or theories. So let's do that now on Spotlight Star Wars. I want to see. Uh, follow me at Ken Napsack and then hashtag Spotlight Star Wars. And, of course, follow at Force Center Pod, uh, which is the podcast network this is on now. And, um, and do it. Give me your theories on the distances needed or not needed to uh, use the Force in a, in a very bad negative way, mind you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey everyone, I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash post. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. 
With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Our friend Darren underscore height, quantum multiverse, says, hearing about Leia required to lose 35 pounds. Uh, he says, when will we get over appearances? Pointless unless action warrants it, question uh, mark. And then Carrie Fisher kind of addressed this on, um, on that Good Morning America interview saying, yeah, she did lose weight because she didn't win the DNA lottery. Uh, but I watched that interview, and I didn't read the interview. I think there was a, a, a print thing that came out. Again, I'm on, I'm on, I'm on uh, social media, Star Wars media uh, dark right now. There was something came out about this when it was revealed that, yeah, she had to lose 35 pounds to get into the movie. Um, but you know what? So did Mark Hamill. He had to lose weight, too. So at the risk of being very unpopular today with people who do fan edits and people who think it's ridiculous that Leia had to uh, – Leia, Carrie Fisher had to uh, – Yes, uh, had to lose weight. Um, I get why people go, that's ridiculous, but I also got to tell you, this is show business. Um, I myself, I just hit 205 pounds. I'm happy about that. I was 220 for a while. Uh, I've lost some weight, um, and that's because I want to, not because anyone's told me, but I want to. The reason I want to is when I get on camera, I'm hideous. I'm giant. I'm Jabba the Hutt. Oh, Ken, no, you're not. Oh, Ken, no, you're not. No, no, I am. You're not in the industry if you're listening to this and you don't understand why you need to lose weight. The camera doesn't just add 10 pounds. It adds like 10 years and 20 pounds. So Carrie Fisher, God bless her, she certainly can't fit in a still bikini, and I don't think she needs to. Don't get me wrong. She doesn't need to. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying it's all about appearances. I'm just saying I understand where producers would come to someone and say, hey, could you get in shape for the role? All right? It's not just lose weight. We're unhappy with your appearance, so you should be too. It isn't just that. It is a business. This is show business. Get in shape for this movie because we have to go shoot it, and a lot of money is on it, and we have to take out insurance on all you actors, and we got to make sure that Mark Hamill doesn't die of a heart attack in the middle of shooting or that a door doesn't fall on Harrison Ford and his 72-year-old ankle. We have to take out insurance policies against that kind of stuff, and, and Carrie Fisher, it's pretty well known, not the greatest of shape, not just in terms of weight or appearance. She's had some tough stuff in her life, and Carrie is one of the first to talk about that and admit that. Again, as I said up top, I love Carrie Fisher. If she didn't lose 35 pounds for this movie, would it matter? Nah, it doesn't necessarily matter to me as a fan, but to a producer making a movie where millions upon millions of dollars are going into it, having your performers 
who are uh, some of them not been in the spotlight for a while, having your performers in the best shape is unfortunately part of the nature of the beast. They weren't telling her to slim up to get into a bikini, all right? They were telling her to get in shape, get some things under control, be involved, be focused on this project. Mark Hamill did it too. You know who also did it? Chris Pratt for Guardians of the Galaxy. He was told to get in shape. Carrie Fisher was also told to, uh, you know, lose five, uh, what did she say, ten pounds, five from each cheek prior to, uh, to Star Wars, A New Hope. And I get it. I get it out there. Appearances should all be happy with what we are, right? Well, all right. If you are, you are. I'm not. I look in the mirror and I'm hideous. I'm Jabba the Hutt. I got to hit the gym. It's something that drives me every week. All right? Some of us have that. Uh, but also, again, because I have to appear on camera more than a lot of you out there listening do. Trust me. If you got on camera more, you'd be like, I got to lose that 20. Is it healthy? Eh. That's for another show. Is it needed? Yes. Yes, in this business it is. So, all due respect to Darren, who's one of my favorite people out there on Twitter. Um, when will we get over appearances? Never. It's show business. Never. And I think Carrie understands. Even if she didn't like it. I think she understands. She's also very level-headed. I loved reading that quote about her reaction to the Princess Leia, Slave Leia merchandise being pulled from shelves and maybe never being sold again, and definitely not being referred to again. And uh, I'm paraphrasing, but Carrie Fisher's quote was basically, uh, it's ridiculous, tell the dad to tell his daughter that I was kidnapped by a giant space slug and forced to wear the bikini and I didn't like it, so I uh, rose up and I killed him. Love you, Carrie. I, I want Carrie Fisher and her dog Gary, that tongue hanging out, to have their own show. Well, I, that's the reality show I want. Moving on. Patrick Barman, P underscore Barman, says, Do you think an R-rated Star Wars movie could do well? Not that it would ever happen. Yeah, you're right. I don't think it would ever happen. Uh, this comes up a lot. Um, yeah, 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 it would do well. If it said Star Wars on it, it would do well. You know, Star Wars After Dark would do well. All right? Star Wars Bloody Wars would do well. Rogue One is going to be gritty. I think, we, I think that's well enough established. It's not going to be R. Patrick's right. It just won't happen. But I think it would do well, simply because it has the Star Wars name. Yeah, the question is, do we need an R-rated Star Wars? Nah, we don't. We don't. But gritty, a little more realistic in its uh, deaths and battles. I'm, I'm ready for that. And, and I think Rogue One might end up being that. And Force Awakens, some of the stuff I have seen before I went media dark. Stormtroopers getting shot and flying in the airs and all that kind of stuff. That's, uh, that's some pretty gritty stuff. A little bit more. It's not the Ewoks pounding armor on the head. Don't get me started on Jedi. I love Jedi, but I still watch it now. And and how do, how does how does the Ewoks how do the Ewoks overtake the stormtroopers by lightly tapping them on the helmet? Can someone answer me that damn question? I've tried to suspend my d- disbelief for Return of the Jedi for a lot because I love it. Hashtag Ghost Sit from JT at Schmo's known screen junkies. I I laugh it off. I love it. I love it. I love Jedi. 
But that, I'm what? I'll even. I don't even care that Wicket like hits himself in the head with a slingshot or whatever. I, that I have no problem with. Ha ha he he. But every time now, as I as I watch the stormtroopers fall to lightly being tapped on a armored helmet with a uh, pebble attached to a stick, I nah nah. Force Awakens Rogue One. I don't need R-rated, Patrick, but I do need I do need a little bit more realistic violence in my Star Wars. Tristan Shields at Grand Moff Shields, frequent uh, t- tweeter, uh, asks me, "Would you ever play Battlefront with us, the fans of hashtag Spotlight Star Wars and hashtag Force Center Pod?" Tristan, maybe, maybe we'll set something up. Here's the problem I have. I'm being honest with you guys today, aren't I? I don't know if there's any whiskey in my fruit juice. It seems like it, but I'm being really honest. Uh, would it be fun to play with you guys on Battlefront? Yes, so maybe we can do that. I know Christian Harloff has done that with some of his fans, except for he's horrible at the game, so it lasts five minutes. I'm pretty good at Battlefront. I'm not great, but I'm pretty good. I'm good at flying an A-wing, which is weird. Team Y-wing still, but I'm good with that A-wing. Um, I would definitely play with the fans. Definitely would. But I hesitate because then it exposes my uh, my information on on PlayStation, and um, uh, I like to keep that wall up. Sorry, just being honest. Just like to keep that wall up. I am getting some requests from people. Uh, I appreciate you listening to the show. Uh, I just I just sometimes nah. I just want to some, keep some things for myself and for my uh, friends. And I love getting on Battlefront, and I love playing with JT, Cobster, Dan Morrow, um, my friend, producer, Scott Tommaso. Uh, he and I are trying to get a game going. Um, that I love. Cody Hall, too. Can't forget him. Um, that I love. Uh, and it's not that I wouldn't love to play with some of you out there, because you make me possible. You make this show possible. I hate the term fans. We're just all friends here. But realistically, exposing myself in that way... Um, uh, outside of a special occasion, it's not something I'm, I'm interested in right now. But we, Tristan, I'll give you this guarantee. I'll look at a I'll look at a time in which we can do it. Uh, it'll be fun. Maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll all uh, get going there. Um, and someone asked me, and I'm trying to find it here as I move down. Uh, the, oh, here it is. Jake Higgins at J Higgins two nine eight seven. Says he got the Vader PS4, and he's been playing Battlefront nonstop since. And he asks me at hashtag Spotlight Star Wars, what is the uh, my favorite game mode so far? Great question, Jake. If you're not playing Battlefront, y'all should. You can answer this question along with me for Jake. Uh, the mode I like the best right now is Fighter Squadron. Uh, I When I first tried to fly, it was ridiculous. And I'll still have my moments when I, I take an X-Wing or a TIE Fighter or a Snowspeeder. The Snowspeeders are hard to fly, by the way. I've crashed into many a hills. But when it comes to Fighter Squadron, when you're just up there in the air, dogfighting, uh, I'm pretty good at it, I gotta say. Um, and um, I average about 10 or 11 kills a game. That's decent for an old man with uh, coordination problems. Um, and they're not letting me fly the B-Wing or the Y-Wing yet, but uh, I'm pretty good, and that's that's the mode I like. But on the ground, you know the mode I like the best? I, I, I'm starting to really like Walker Attack. It's, it's a challenge, especially if you're the Rebels against the Walkers. Hard to take them down. 
but it's kind of fun and it's a long drawn out game supremacy is fun that's just the all-out battle 20 versus 20 uh blast is fun you're just going out trying to rack up kills i love the droid run one where you're finding the gonk droids and you're protecting them that one actually is pretty cool um, but so far, I gotta say, the one I like the best, I like when it comes to the ground, is, is Walker Assault. You know what's funny? I haven't had a chance to be in an ATAT yet. Or as I still call them, ADATs, whatever game. Um, I haven't had a chance to be one of the big walkers, man. ATSDs I've taken around all day. Goddamn chicken walkers, and uh, I sat at the uh, front of a rebel cave uh, and just boom, 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 boom. I racked up like 20 kills one day. It was great. Um, but the walker, the walker assault is pretty fun. It's a challenge. When you're the rebels, it's a challenge, and I like that in video games. You know, Battlefront is a little bit uh, repetitive, and sometimes it's just run around shooting people. So walker assault kind of has a, a specific goal, and it's protracted. It's long, and it's something you have to, like, you have to really bunker down and get it done if you're the rebels, and I like that challenge. So maybe we'll do that. On uh, Spotlight Star Wars. Maybe I'll play. Maybe my walls will come down and we'll all get together. Well, that is Spotlight Star Wars for this week. Thank you for those who have been um, sticking with me uh, through the tech problems as we uh, ge- race towards Force Awakens. Um, I'm excited. Uh, trying to get together, trying to confirm that me, Jennifer Landa, and Joseph Scrimshaw can get together before Force Awakens. It looks like it's going to happen. I'm going to do a special Force Center looks at The Force Awakens. Uh, We're going to do that uh, days before we all get to see it. And, uh, man, despite what my um, negative tones may have been today earlier, it is still a great time to be a Star Wars fan, and we are almost there. So don't forget, you can follow me on Twitter at KenNapsock. You can follow this podcast feed at ForceCenterPod. There's Facebook pages for both of that. Uh, me and the podcast feed uh, and uh, hashtag Spotlight Star Wars to join the conversation and you out there give me your theories on space and time limitations for the use of the force how and why did Vader choke Admiral Ozzel through a video mark? that's the question we all have so until next time may that force thing kind of sort of always remain around you to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.